There are three things you can do with money. You can spend it. And haven't we all spent some money in our lives? Spending is not inherently bad. Rather, it is necessary. We need to secure our four corners, shelter, food, energy, and transportation. Then we may need clothing and health care on top of that. Health care, who would have thought? <laughs> uh, these are necessities. Beyond that, spending is really about the enjoyment of money, which requires a delicate balance between stinginess and overindulgence. The second thing you can do with money is you can save or invest it. And first and foremost, everyone should build up an emergency fund after your necessities are taken care of and then before anything else. In Proverbs of the Bible, it states the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. It's not a matter of if, but when it rains, and savings is the umbrella of our lives. This turns emergencies into mere inconveniences. It's the oxygen mask on an airplane. We create financial stability by maintaining a healthy emergency savings and we develop our future financial security by investing in retirement and brokerage accounts. But the most fun that you'll ever have with money is this third thing, and it's not saving it, and it's not in, uh, spending it, but instead it's giving it away to those in need. Winston Churchill said it best, we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. Everyone has a kind of natural personality and some strengths when it comes to money. Generally, savers and investors are frugal, but are not so good at spending and giving away their money, whereas spenders love to, yes, of course, spend and have fun, but are not so good at saving and investing. But they're also very generous givers, they tend to be. And when it comes to giving personalities, some people, most likely the savers trying to flex their generosity muscles, are very diligent about how much and when they give, whereas the spender and giver types will almost indiscriminately hand out money wherever a cause touches their heart. There is no right or wrong way to give so long as you do just that. It is a very personal choice. So reflect on your own heart and circumstances and ask, what is your style of giving? Most likely you're somewhere in between these two extremes of uh, spender and saver. How much do you give each month, each year? Take just a moment. If you had one billion dollars right now and you had to give it away, who would you give it to? Why? What about this person or organization you're holding in your heart right now calls on you to give? That's a lot of money to give. According to Corinthians, each person should give what they decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Every major world religion teaches a few basic ideas about money. Debt is bondage, greed and stinginess corrupts people, saving money and spending in moderation is wise, and most importantly, giving is good. Those who know when they have enough are rich, according to the Tao Te Ching. 
The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Proverbs. Money is like water. Try to grab it, and it flows away. Open your hands, and it will move toward you. The Buddha. And Frank stated, no one has ever become poor by giving. Now, obviously, if you gave away everything you had, you would be in a poor condition. But I think what Anne Frank meant by this is twofold. When we give, we fill our own hearts with something worth more than money. And when we give, we share more than just money. We share a vision and possibility with others. To this first point, personally, I've never regretted giving away money. I never woke up the next morning and said, I wish I could have spent that money instead. I've always felt joyous and elated when I give money away, even though in the grand scheme of things, it really isn't that much. But I have heard people who do regret giving away money in certain circumstances, often because they didn't have that much to give in the first place or the giving conditions were not optimal. So. A good rule to live by when giving is to look to the Buddhist concept of dana. Dana translates to the virtue of generosity, charity, and giving of alms, cultivating generosity. Under this virtue, giving should be a blessing on both the giver and the receiver. Buddhism teaches the giver should have pure intent in giving. The time and circumstances should be proper and the gift should be proper for the receiver, not arbitrary, not manipulative, not lazy. The giver should have the means to give and not be strapped. Cultivating generosity of spirit is an intentional action of pure and honest compassion. When we are able financially to give earnestly and honestly, we don't lose anything. Rather, we joyfully fill our spirit. To the second point, our gift truly has the opportunity to grow exponentially. Giving our time and talents in the form of volunteerism and giving money to causes we care about makes our community thrive. Every minute and every dollar are critical. One dollar may not seem like that much, but we forget that we're not alone. When everyone gives a little, this little turns into a lot. It magnifies and opens up the doorway to possibility. In the Quran, the example of those who spend their wealth in the way of God is like a seed of grain which grows seven spikes, and each spike is a hundred grains, and God multiplies his reward for whom he wills. Giving is an investment, but the interest accrues in the heart of the community rather than dollars in an investment account. God loves a cheerful giver. Of course, God loves a cheerful giver. You're thinking, in the words of George Carlin, God loves you, and he needs money. <laughs> so a little confession. Maybe I'm a, a fox guarding the, the hen house here, but <laughs> I am on the stewardship committee. <laughs> so yes, God loves a cheerful giver. And Oscar told me as I was um, prepping to give this sermon that it really is the sermon on the hill in asking people to give to church. But every major world religion wants to survive and say, of course, give to the church or temple. After all, we have monks and preachers to feed churches, temples and shrines to maintain, souls to enrich. 
What we forget is that in some areas of the world today and definitely throughout history, religion was inextricably intertwined with government. And social safety nets and community services were provided through near mandatory religious taxes. But even more importantly, there is spiritual wisdom in encouraging religious practitioners to give because giving is good for us as individuals and good for society. In Islam, we have the zakat, which is essentially a 2.5% religious tax to go in service of the people and one of the five pillars of Islam. Almsgiving is essential to maintaining Buddhist monasteries, of course, as Buddhist monks do not work. The idea of a tithe can be found in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's a smidge more complicated than this, but essentially 10% should be given to the church or temple. 10%. Primarily, evangelical Christians and Orthodox Jews tithe. In the Bible, you may be familiar with the saying, love is patient, love is kind. The word love is translated from agape, which also means charity or generosity. Charity is patient. Charity is kind. The Talmud in Judaism states that charity is equal in importance to all other commandments. And this charity is actually referred to as tzedakah, which does not translate to our word charity or generosity. Rather, it means justice or righteousness. So why do we give? What is the love we want to share with the world? What is the justice or righteousness we seek? How are we living our own values through giving? I have a few challenging questions to ask ourselves this morning. We have diligent staff members who uh, we want to compensate for their hard work. Are we offering them the pay, hours, and benefits we advocate for out in the broader community? Do we provide them quality resources to help them do their jobs? Are we compassionate to the people who foster our own spiritual enlightenment? We have a beautiful building that keeps us warm in the winter, cool in the summer, a sanctuary which shelters our souls, and a faith which calls on us to see the brighter side during tragedy a building which brings us together nearly every day of the week as a community, not just every Sunday. Every day there are people seeking truth and meaning here, connecting through community. Are we vigilant in maintaining and expanding the building to help us grow physically and spiritually? We have a future no one has yet imagined, one where we are giving back as a congregation, to the community we love in ways we cannot yet know due to how fast technology and our world is advancing. Are we generous in investing in a possibility that we cultivate together for generations to come? There are people sitting in this room today who are not in a position to give. Some are struggling to maintain their four corners and put food on the table. If this is you, it would not be a blessing for you to give money. And I want you to know that you are welcome here, no matter where you come from. For those that are able to give, when we give to this church, we support a community for everyone to worship and connect and help sustain a community for all, no matter what your socioeconomic background is. You are welcome here. Thank you for giving. 
and thank you for coming. When you give to the Unitarian Church of Lincoln, or any organization for that matter, what calls on you to give? What would happen if we all gave just a little more if we're able, or started to giving if we haven't yet, even if it doesn't seem like much? This little bit from each person begins to grow and grow, and then the little turns into a lot and more than each individual contribution combined because it is our collective contribution. Our donations make possibilities into realities that each individual couldn't do on their own, but when we come together, oh yes, we can. Remember, even if you can't give much, your contribution matters. Every minute of volunteer time is appreciated at this church. Every talent you can give to the cause you love is worthwhile. Every smile, hug, story, coffee shared. Your passion and love you share is important. Every dollar given in collections, through the auction, bequeathed through will or benefits, and pledged each year is critical to the sustained growth of our church and community. Whether you can give $10,000 or $1, your contribution matters. A Netflix subscription to the church is just $10 each month, but that's $120 a year. If 20 people, 20 new donations, uh, people do a monthly subscription, that's almost $2,500. And I don't think I need to tell you, church can be just as, if not more, entertaining than Netflix. <laughs> so what would happen if we all just gave a little more? one or two percent more, if you're able, even three percent or more? What if you tithed 10 percent? What is your investment in your community worth? Imagine what we could do like those evangelical churches. <laughs> I wouldn't ask you to do anything I don't already do. I'm a millennial young adult swimming in a sea of student loan debt, working a modest paying nonprofit job, and giving is the first line item of my budget. Because for me, giving is an action truly filled with joy, and it is one of my necessities. See, I was a student and living off student loans for most of my membership here. I really didn't have much to give, so I understand what it's like to want to give money desperately, but barely have my own necessities covered. I gave my time instead through volunteerism and occasionally through dollars in the collection pen. Remember, your contribution matters no matter how small. My favorite time was when I had only a larger denomination of bill at Oscar's ordination for the minister's service fund. And I thought, well, it's either $20 or nothing. And though I didn't have much, that cash was to me, I considered it fun money left over from playing a music show, so I threw it in because for me, giving away that $20 was the most fun I could have with that. Giving it away gave me hope that a minister in need would have something during their darkest hour. Now, of course, I would have loved to give $2,000 or even $200, but $20 is what I had, and that was enough. Something is always better than nothing, and whatever that is for you is enough. And if you're able and can happily give more, then by all means, yes, do give more. After all, God loves a cheerful giver. 
Well, now I have a salary and I know how to live on less, so I do have room in my budget, but I also have that pile of student loan debt, nearly $100,000 of it. Yes, every month I plan and execute a monthly budget and giving is the first line item of my budget. And remember, if you're struggling, take care of your four walls, your four corners first, and ensure you have an emergency savings fund before all else. You have to put the oxygen mask on first. For those of you who can, and actually I encourage everybody to make a budget, but for those of you who can, try putting giving as the first line item of your budget and see how it changes your perspective. For 2019, I pledged $50 a month, a utility bill. So $600 total this year. Additionally, I've donated several hundred dollars throughout the year to other organizations and causes I care about. When I pay off those student loans, I'm going to exponentially increase my pledge and donation to the church and other causes I care deeply about. I share this personal information and story with you as an example that, first of all, a little is worthwhile. And as a message of hope that it is possible to go from living off nothing to paying off debt while still giving what you can and planning to one day become an obnoxious giver. It's what motivates me to work, make, and invest my money. It's what motivates me to pay off my debt so that I can one day soon give more of my money away to people and causes I care about rather than repaying interest on a loan. Discover what motivates you to handle your money wisely and give generously. What is your why? Is it to leave a legacy? give to the next generation, to give back to your community and church, to help support a welcoming community, to fight for justice, to breathe easy at night. Find your motivation and live your values through your gift. Give what you can when you can to care for the community and your own heart. We as a justice and truth-seeking people will continue to come together each week and decide how to live our values. As we enter into the pledge drive and the giving season generally, consider how much you want to give and what the real rate of return is on your investment to the community you care about. Collectively, we should strive to be more intentional and wise stewards with our money so that we can be more generous with our spirits to nourish the community which nourishes us. <laughs>